Our Old Testament reading is from the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear, or cry to you, violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise, so the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress, for they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on, guilty men whose own might is their God. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment, and you, O rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man before the man more righteous than he? You make mankind like the fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is from the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears. I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Louise, and your mother, Eunice, and now, I'm sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to, my, to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. For... Uh, 
which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day which has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel reading is from the gospel of John chapter 9. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man, has, that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no, work can, when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What a story. What a great story of, of healing. And uh, uh, thank you, Jen, for such a great um, way of reading it, bringing, really bringing it to life. Uh, today we begin our sermon series entitled, It's Okay. And what we're doing today is, is we're talking about it's okay for us to say, ouch. It's okay to confess to each other that I'm hurting. Things aren't going so well. It's time for us as a congregation during this series to kind of get real to not put on our Sunday best, if you will, so that everybody sees us and thinks, oh, aren't they the nice family? Aren't they the nice individual? They've got it all together. But what we want to do for Saturdays and Sundays is, is actually take a look at what's really going on in the world around us and what's going on in our own lives. Because it's, it's not about how we look on the outside. It's not about how we dress. We take the opportunity as a church to say that that things say the things that need to be said. And so today we say, it's all right if you're hurting. It's okay. And we look at this story from, from John chapter 9 because the question comes up by his disciples. Did you catch it? They said, Jesus, who sinned? Whose sin caused this man to be born blind? Why is this man suffering? Um, they they want to see that somehow God is, is giving this person what they deserve. Like there's a consequence to something that was going on in this person's life. 
It's similar to the question of the Tower of Siloam, which happened in Luke chapter 13. There were 18 people that died when a tower fell over. And Jesus tells them it's not because those certain people that died were doing anything wrong or they were more sinful than somebody else. You see, when we think this way, we're not thinking the ways of God. When we think things like, well, suffering is, prom- is proportional to our sinfulness, that I receive the amount of pain in my life based on how much I've been walking away from God. Or maybe you might think that tragedy is a sure sign of God's judgment. When something bad happens, you think, what is God doing to me? What is God doing to us and our family? Or maybe if you're pointing at somebody else, you say, well, they probably deserved it. Bad things happen to bad people. Or finally, we might think that we have the right to make judgments on somebody else when something is not going right in their life. I believe that all of these are kind of at play in this story from John 9. You see, it's assumed that God operates in, in some kind of balance of scales, that, that you, get, you do good things and then certain things are going to happen good for you, or if you do those bad things, maybe that's, maybe you're going to get what you deserve, kind of a karma kind of mentality. But don't we think this way sometimes? In our own lives, don't we think this way? I can't tell you how many times I've stubbed my toe when I was thinking something inappropriate. And I always think, oh, God was wanting to get my mind off of that. Or how often do we assign blame to those that are going through certain afflictions in in life or certain pain? We want to say, well, I guess they probably deserve that. And how many times do we try to make ourselves look better by talking to others about the pain that somebody else is going through? This is kind of the root of gossip. Gossip is when you get together and talk to somebody about somebody else in a way that makes you superior to them. And I think that happens a lot in this instance as well. All the while, what we're trying to do is to avoid our own pain and brokenness when we're putting others down. You see, our, our focus for this sermon series isn't so much about what happens to others, but it's, it's an opportunity for us to take a look at how we handle pain and brokenness in our own lives. John Ortberg tells a story of an old, old man who was reciting a litany of woes to his friend, things that had gone wrong in his life. He had lost his job, his house, his money, his fiancée, And his friend kept on saying, well, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. And finally, the man screams, how could it have been any worse? And his friend mutters, it could have happened to me. See, the truth is we all have challenges and struggles. Some of us are dealing with immense pain in our lives, brokenness and hurt, physically or emotionally. We are all dealing with, As a community, we're dealing with the effects of COVID. Uh, We're we're all seeing the breakdown of of families and of of mental stability in people's lives. I'm dealing with the effects of long COVID physically. We all have things that, that show us that things are not the way they're supposed to be. There are certain things in our lives that, that point to the fact that, that there is sin in the world. 
Our church is, is dealing with this COVID thing, trying to figure out where is everybody? How come people aren't coming back? We all have things that we're dealing with. And we can all collectively say, ouch. And we can recognize one another's pain. You may ask the question, so who caused this sin? Why am I going through this? What's happened in my life? And, and what's going on maybe nationally? Let's, let's blame it on a national issue. Maybe some kind of national sin has, has made our country be so divided. Maybe God is, is sending down his judgment on the United States because of what we're going through. Or maybe the world, the entire world is dealing with COVID. Maybe we've, strode, we've, we've strayed so far away from God. And so we ask the question, who sinned? Is God punishing us for our unfaithfulness? John's very first audience, the, the book of, of John that we read from the gospel, was probably the last book, most likely the last book written in the Bible, written around 90 A.D., and John was writing to an audience, to a church that was dealing with brokenness. It was dealing with a church that was, that was trying to figure out what God was doing because they were experiencing lots of pain. They were being persecuted for their faith. There was divisions and strife about what to believe. There were divisions and strife because they could no longer worship in the temple. They had been kicked out because of their, their belief in the Messiah. And so long-time relationships that people had had were broken. And so the church was, was asking the question, what did we do? Has God left us? Has, has he abandoned us? Is God punishing us? Well, the message from the gospel of John is no. And the message from Jesus is no. You see, the question came to Jesus, trying to make sense of a bad situation. Jesus, who sinned? Was it this man or was it his parents? And Jesus says, no, it's neither of these. In fact, it wasn't the sin of him or his parents. This man's blindness is not a punishment. It's not a consequence of something he did. It's not a sign of God's absence. In fact, it's the opposite. The man's blindness is an opportunity to show the goodness of God, to show who God really is and how God really acts. You see, Jesus showed that God was there and he wanted to do something about his pain because God is a God of mercy and grace. God is working on behalf of his people. Jesus spent his ministry demonstrating the character of God. He showed that the brokenness of the world was not how things were supposed to be. Jesus revealed with his healing and his restoration he revealed what God was about, what God was doing in a fallen world. And Jesus had said he must do the works of his father. He must do the works of the one who had sent him because that's what Jesus is always about. Jesus came to demonstrate and reveal the ways of our heavenly father. Jesus shows us the character of God. If you want to know what God is doing, how God is working, you look at Jesus. And Jesus said he was the light one of the many I am statements in the book of John. And he says, I am the light. Jesus brings light to the eyes of a blind man. He couldn't see. He opens his eyes. But as is often the case in scripture and especially in the gospel of John, there's more to the story. You see, the restoration of light 
in a physical way to his eyes points to a greater illumination of what happens as Jesus reveals and shows this man the Father. He opens his spiritual eyes. You see, Jesus has come to heal spiritual blindness. The man in the story had his physical eyes open, and later on, he comes to believe in Jesus as the Savior. And through his Holy Spirit, Jesus continues to open eyes today, and he has opened our eyes to see Jesus as our Savior. We can see the Father. Jesus came to reveal his, his ways. Not only do we see God working through the healing process that happens, but we will later see Jesus working on behalf of the brokenness of this world in another way. You see, the truth is the idea that sin requires a punishment, it's true. A debt must be paid because the law has been broken. And Jesus does something about that. You see, the, the punishment that's due to each one of us because of our sin was heaped upon Jesus. And it was paid on the cross. In Jesus, everything about sin was spoken over. Through Jesus, all of our sin was taken away as far as the east is from the west. And so John's message and Jesus' message is for us today as well. God hasn't left us in the midst of our pain and our brokenness. He hasn't abandoned us in our isolation. And God isn't punishing you for your sin. We must realize the difference between punishment and consequences. All of our, all of our actions have consequences. If you continually take drugs, it's going to have an effect on you. If you continually drink too much or smoke or whatever it is, bad habits that we have, it's going to have an effect on us. Those are consequences, but you're not being punished for your sin. Those are just a reality of our world because the choices we make have a real impact on our lives and on other people's lives. In a broken world, some of those consequences can be pretty, pretty severe. But there's no situation that God is getting you for something that you've done to one degree or another. You see, the reality of our world is that we, we live in a broken creation. And our pain is not punishment for our sin, but it is a result of sin. It's the original sin of Adam and Eve, thinking that they could go their own way from God, which spent the, sent the world spinning out of control. It's all around us. And we see it. It's inside of us. We can't escape it this side of eternity will always feel the effects of sin in one way or another to one, in one degree until Jesus comes back. But this is the gospel message. This is the good news. This is what Jesus came to reveal. Even in the midst of our pain and our suffering, God shows up. Jesus came in the flesh to experience our pain and he came to overcome the effects of sin by his death and his resurrection. He showed what a restored creation really looks like. Blind see and lame walk and dead rise. And we can pray boldly in this life that God would do that in our lives. And God can and he does do miracles today. God can use our pain also to reveal his goodness and mercy. We're never promised that God will always heal today and do it for us now and in our time and in our desired fashion. There is a danger in making promises for God that he never made. Can God heal now? Absolutely. 
Does he sometimes? Absolutely. But he never promised to always heal us in this life because God has promised us even more. He's promised to always be with you. The Lord is near to us. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. A bruised reed he will not crush. And there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. All of this is true whether the pain is removed or not. Our God is with us. He sees us in our pain as Jesus saw the blind man. And Jesus not only opens our eyes to see his work for us, but he opens our eyes to see those around us that are hurting. We can share with them the same message, that it's okay. It's okay to say, ouch. It's okay to say that you're hurting, that you need help. You don't have to put on a facade or a happy face and pretend that everything's okay. You don't have to be ashamed or feel guilty that bad things are happening to you because it's a reality of our world. So this changes how we live with each other. It changes how we look at each other and how we talk about each other because we bear one another's burdens. We care for each other with the same care that's been shown to us. We love one another with the same love that's been shown to us. And maybe we can change the meaning of what it means to put on our Saturday or Sunday best. That that would be a description of how we show mercy, of how we show love, and how we show grace to others. Because that's what's been done for us through Jesus. In his name, amen.